And we're back with another episode of Curiously Polar, the show about all things very north and very south. My name is Chris Marquardt, and uh, I brought with me Henry again. Hello, Henry. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm good. Uh, so. I'm talking with a mouse in my van. Do you have a mouse in your van? I do have a mouse in my van. We had a mouse in the house. This, this, okay, we, we are recording this, um, we're pre-recording this because you are on a ship when this releases. So we're pre-recording this at the end of 2019. And at least here in in the north of Germany, the, uh, the, 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 in fall, it was really crazy with mice. It was really, really crazy. We had so many mice in the garden and uh, a few managed to their way in the house. Um, so you have a mouse now too? I have a mouse too, yeah. Um, I parked the, the van on a on a farm to get a mechanic to work on it. And when I picked it up a week later, I was wondering why some of my, of my gear has uh, very weird damage. And I thought, Damn, uh, it was just went went too hot and just melted somewhere, or just ripped it off on a screw or something. No, it's a bloody mouse, and the mouse really likes my uh, outdoor gear, so that she went through um, two coats, and um, yeah, that's not really nice. It's building a nest right now. That's probably what it's doing. It's not good. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's not good. No. Um, okay, last episode, we ended with a little cliffhanger about a, a very mysterious episode coming up this week. And uh, it is mysterious. Uh, everyone's read the title by now, The Mysterious Blood Red Flow. What on earth is that about? It's about a very mysterious blood red flow. Uh, okay, that far I got it, but <laughs> where <laughs> is it? Oh, it's in Antarctica. Okay, in Antarctica. and uh, And what is it? Is it a river? Is it... It's a subglacial river. Mm, okay. And it's red. Okay. It looks like blood. Did did is it is it visible with the naked eye? Did they have to drill a hole in the ice to see it? Um, does it come out of the glacier at one point? It does come out of the glacier. It's basically fl um, flowing underneath um, Taylor Glacier in uh, uh, Antarctica in East Antarctica. It's um, draining into the McMurdo Dry Wellies and. Um, the river is basically coming out of the glacier front and it's uh, cascading, creating ice cascades. Really impressive and just, it looks like the glacier is bleeding. Okay, so hmm. now I would wonder what it is, of course. Is, is there like a dead whale inside the glacier that's still bleeding or what is it? It's probably the ancient um, explorers. Ah, oh, oh, mystery, mystery. <laughs> well, I would, I would, I would suspect that someone took some samples and put them in, uh, gave them to a lab to analyze what's in the water. So you would think so. That's what I would do. That's what I would do. Okay, great. Um, so first of all, that was found in 1911. So it's a hundred years or more back by a geologist from Australia called Griffith Taylor. Mm -hmm. That's why the glacier has its name. And um, he thought that the red color is um, due to red algae in the water. What do you think? Is that true? Um, um, I don't think so. 
I mean, algae. I don't know how 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 good algae grow in in those uh, in, in those climates in in that in, the, in that cold. So I I I wouldn't think the, the algae. Do well, we that. can age sea ice because after two years, probably um, on sea ice we have red type of algae growing. So if we have some red patches on the sea ice. We know that it's older than a year. But this is glacier ice, so oh you mean you mean it's older because it's glacier ice, so um don't the algae need air? So in a glacier, how much air is there? Well there's air uh, trapped in the ice, isn't it? Ah, you're right. Hmm. So is it algae? <laughs> you tell me. No, it's not algae. <laughs> it's not algae. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Uh, go on then, go on. Um it's not algae. It's actually um um the the ruddy color comes from um iron iron oxide that would have been my next guess because red sometimes means rust right it does indeed so what we have um underneath the ice is a saltwater lake so the lake never freezes because the amount of salt in that lake is three times as high as a regular seawater and that makes it almost impossible to freeze over and in that um, salt water, we have um, a lot of iron um, released in the uh, in the water. When that runs off through the subglacial river and um, reacts with the oxygen in the atmosphere, it starts rusting, basically, and that's where the color comes from. So, uh, how red is it? Because I've I remember years ago in a place that that I lived at, uh, they, they 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 turned off the water supply for a while, and then they opened it back up, and then all the rust from the pipes came out of the of the tap, and it was more brown than red. So, um, is it more brownish? Is it more reddish? Is it blood red? It's more reddish. It's really. Um Oh, I'm seeing it, it a picture looks, right now. I've opened the website. Okay, okay, I see it. It, yeah. it. it looks like a like a wound that probably has been opened for <laughs> half an hour, an hour. So it starts um, uh, already turning a little bit brownish, but it, it's it's more red, reddish than brownish, I would say. It looks interesting, especially in contrast with the glacier with the ice. Oh yeah, it does with really the, look interesting. The white eyes and the red, the it blood red rust. Would probably freak me out if I would be the first explorer <laughs> onto a new territory going there and just see, oh my god, the glacier is a living being, it's bleeding. Are there any records from when it was discovered in 1911? What what did uh, what was his name, Taylor? What did he write about it? Uh, he thought about that that was um, just an algae, so they mm, analyzed okay. that. I mean, 1911 is not that um, that bad in that perspective, so we, we already have the age of, of science. In there, so the explorers um, heading down to Antarctica already had a kind of a scientific background and brought a lot of scientific equipment with them. So they probably um, had quite an understanding of what it could be. But it took then again a couple of years to figure out it's not algae, uh, um, but um, ferrous irons. Ferrous iron irons. I, I found that interesting because I would expect the rest to be kind of. Uh, or iron oxide to be easily easy to detect. Why is that? But maybe not in 1911. Because you you just lick the water and figure out it uh, tastes uh, like tastes, tastes iron. like iron. So you just like yeah, sure. No, I wouldn't. What well, if you taste blood? It, uh, it tastes ironish as well. Huh. 
Well, there, there must there must be tests. There must be chemical tests to <laughs> to look for the iron oxide content. There very likely are tests, but then just again, um, imagine the environment there. It's the most hostile place on earth. That's true. It's it's not that easy to just execute a test there. That is very true. You can't just dip a dip a test strip in there and see if it turns blue or green or something. Okay, I understand. If it would be that easy, we would have understood much much more about that amazing continent down there. <laughs> okay, we're learning, and we today learned something interesting again. Thanks for sharing that with you. The blood falls in um, Antarctica, East Antarctica. So thanks for bringing that story, and we'll be back with uh, something else next week. And <laughs> I'm looking forward to whatever it might be. Until then, everyone, take care. Oh, and by the way, check us out on line you can find all the old episodes on curiouslypolar.com and you can find us on twitter at curiouslypolar until then take care <laughs>